to use your talents as a way to disperse information Mm -hmm. because a lot of times with, you know, what's happening now with the civil unrest that's re well, that's happening again. Right. We need to use every talent that we have yeah. towards the liberation of yeah. black people. And so you doing this is your way of contributing to the liberation of black people. And so I absolutely want to commend you for doing that um, and using your platform, using your space um, mm-hmm. and your talent to do that. So I just want to commend you for doing that. Yeah. Doc, I, I thank you so much. And I guess this is no better time than the present to leave you guys with something that my mom taught me. My mom taught me that sometimes we, we move in life and we pray for things so much that you don't realize, especially with me, that you don't realize oftentimes you're so tunnel vision that you're right in the middle of what you just prayed for. Yep. So oh, come on. I'm yeah. trying to, that's what I'm <laughs> trying to focus on right <laughs> now. Uh, this is something that I've been wanting to do for so long and people like you. Are, are making it come true. So I appreciate you again, Doc. Thank you again. No problem. No problem. And reach out to me if you have any questions or want to continue any other conversations. Um, feel free to reach out to me. You know, you are, you know, I am the wrong person to tell that to, but I'm going to call you right now, Doc. I appreciate you, Doc. Thanks again. No problem. And you guys have a wonderful Juneteenth. You too. Thank you, Doc. Thank you you so too. Much. You too. So that was it. That was the first two hours. That was our first two segments. We did the African diaspora. We did the transatlantic slave trade. I'm not going to lie. During that, I actually got choked up a little bit. Mm. Um, So we're going to take this little break. As always, we're going to take this short little break. Um, When we come back, hopefully Dr. Javon Johnson will be here. We can discuss trauma of the black body. We can discuss black Wall Street. And then we're going to discuss being black in the the workplace and discuss Mm. some of the hiring practices. Stay tuned. This is 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas.
Welcome back, welcome back. This is our Juneteenth celebration here at 91.5 The Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I am your host, Terrell Emerson, in studio still with Mufaro Hungwe. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Twice is over here right now, working oh, on yo. social, working <laughs> on video, working on photos. Mm-hmm. We thank you guys for being with us during this Juneteenth celebration. We thank Dr. Jamie Canty for a powerful first two hours where we discussed the African diaspora, where we discussed the transatlantic slave trades. Dr. Javon Johnson is on his way to the studio currently, and he will be discussing trauma of the black body and black Wall Street. We also have some things we want to pick his brain about just in terms of UNLV removing the statue of Hey Red and things of that nature. This next segment, Trauma of the Black Body, again, we're running this segment or running this program almost conference style. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I understand the first two hours weren't ideal in terms of what we had on paper. So we're, we're working out some of the kinks right now, but we're going to try to make sure that we're on these schedules from here on out. Uh, but in, in terms of trauma of the black body, there's just a couple of things that we want to discuss. We want to discuss um, the fetishizing of the black body. <laughs> especially here in in, in nevada yeah. vegas specifically there's just so many things that uh people expect of the black body and when it doesn't happen and when the black body doesn't oblige um there's a level of of shock that kind of comes with it and i'm a little confused as to why there's so much shock but um I guess hopefully we'll get to that when Javon <laughs> when Johnson he gets, gets here. here. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can discuss something like that. Um, it's been a powerful day so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little over two hours in. You got something for me off mic? Oh, Twice? I don't know if you had something. Well, yeah, I got. I really got something to say. You got some? Always. Are we gonna we gonna let Twice hop in really quick? So. Uh, T, I mm -hmm. got an amazing question for you, and I'd love Ooh, to yeah. ask uh, Dr. Johnson you okay. know, once he you know, gets in. Absolutely. So um, we'll kind of start it off there. But you said the uh, the, the health or, or what goes inside the black body? Or? Oh, the trauma of it. The trauma the of the trauma. black body, yeah. Well, some of the traumas, you know, trauma has always uh, put has um, happened often, um, and it, it wasn't by choice. Mm -hmm. right. like, um, like the time where they told us, that we were being put with vac vaccines. And you mm. know that this is facts. I think between 1942 and 72, mm. we were being tested and they put syphilis inside trials. our body. Yeah. And it correlates with the start of the war on drugs beginning yeah. in 1971 and things of that nature. We can uh, go ahead and start yeah. to piece together this timeline <laughs> right, if we yeah. wanted right. to. And, and so it was, it, by them doing that, like we are, like I said, experiments. Right. So mm. my question is, um, number one, how many people really know that that, mm. that was factual? Mm. And number two, these are still going on today with this COVID vaccine. So do you oh. believe that since history kind of has already shown that they put diseases in 
people right mm-hmm. to see where uh see what's going to happen mm-hmm. now with this covid there are studies the that people testing. are saying that oh there's testing for the vaccines will not be accurate unless we get black people to try it first did oh, you see no. that oh no did anybody see that <laughs> no i did not see that yeah that's what that's what they're, <laughs> real, they're i need to make sure my gun work hosted <laughs> <laughs> wait right, so. black people why that's uh that's a great question great question wow i mean this is again this is the third hour that we're going into and you didn't start at something that i don't have an answer for that i i don't don't have an answer for that i'm trying to i I think i think you kind of touched on it if if nothing else i think you touched on it when you mentioned um experiment experiment yes it's lab that's a really word that's just where i'm at that's a real situation that's going on right now we're experiments it's really, really interesting to see what what is happening, and on top of that, what's happening right under our nose. It's um, disheartening for sure, um, but on a day like this, especially on a day like Juneteenth, we're not gonna let the negatives get mm, in the way. We're positive, gonna yeah. only focus on positive. I shouldn't say only focus on positive, but we're gonna highlight the positives. Yeah, that's the. I'd love that. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. do that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm gonna try to. That's what I'm gonna try to lean towards. We're gonna highlight the positives. We're not gonna shy away from anything today. As I said before, trauma of the black body is is what we're getting ready to discuss now. We're gonna discuss black on black crime in a time like this. Uh, we're actually gonna discuss how there is no such thing as black on black crime. Right. Mm-hmm. Crimes are committed in terms of proximity. Period. Okay. Period. And matter of fact, why not why not just do it now? And I'll probably just reiterate whenever uh Javon gets on because you guys are listening to our Juneteenth celebration, our blackout here, our twelve hour blackout here on ninety one point five, the Rebel H D two K U N V Las Vegas, mm-hmm. the broadcast service of UNLV. I'm Terrell, that's twice behind um behind the mic. And then we have Mufaro Hungwe. Yes, blessing sir. us with her presence today <laughs> and um where are we at oh i know where i was at i'm probably about to yeah frustrate some people but it is what it is um the website is ucr.fbi.gov so once again where i'm about to get this information from is ucr.fbi.gov and what I want to let you guys know is in terms of 2016 stats, let's look at this number. There were 2,870 black murders, 2,570 of which were committed by blacks. So that means 300 of those 20, almost 2,900. What did I just say? 300, 300 of that tw- almost 2,900 were committed bur- murders committed by somebody that was not black. Mm. Okay. Mm. However, white murders in 2016. 3,499.: mm. How many of those murders were committed by white people? Mm. 2,854. Just to put into perspective, the next time some as black listeners, people that's in this room right now, mm-hmm. the next time a person approaches you with the statistic or with the guise is what I'm going to use. That's the word I'm going to use of black on black crime. Explain to them that in 2016, more white on white crime, mm-hmm. 
more white on white murders happened nearly or almost how can I put it nearly the same amount of white on white murders mm -hmm. that number almost equaled the total amount of murders of black people wow so if you wanted to look at the two stats and deem somebody as a savage which number is higher So just to kind of put that into perspective, that's 629 more murders in total. And 99% and the number that I just basically gave in terms of their 2,854 white on white murders compared to the 2,870 complete black murders, all of them in totality. In case you guys wanted to know how much of a percentage is that, it's about as close as you can get. It's 99%. There's a reason why we're letting that breathe. Mm. Do you happen to have the stats for 2019? 2018? Um, this was the most recent one that I found on that website. Okay. And what other... I have other stats, but I don't think they're about that. Okay. We can always look it up somewhere, some too. So just, just in terms of the proximity statement that I made before, black on black, uh, the black on black percentage... Black on black crime percentage is 90% and the white on white crime percentage is 82%. Mm. So, yes, some people will look at that percentage and say, oh, it's higher. Oh, it's higher. Mm. And then this is where the conversation of, of minority and majority gets brought into perspective. Let's look at the percentage of your people that are dying. Okay. Yep. It's yep. nowhere near. It's two to one. It's 2.8 times more likely to happen to somebody of color. Do you think it's like naturally set up that way? or? It sure seems that way, doesn't it? Mm. So, that's crazy. As a matter of fact, this is, it seems like the, a, a beautiful time to just kind of let this breathe a little bit. Um, I was letting Bob Marley rock in the background. And I think I'm going to continue to let him kind of rock in the background for a little bit. Javon just got here. So we're going to go ahead and get everything set up and get everything moving behind the scenes. Again, you guys are listening to our Juneteenth Blackout, our special Juneteenth Celebration Blackout here at 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I'm Terrell. This is Mufaro. Twice is in here somewhere as well. And we're rocking, guys. Stay with us. <laughs>
welcome back to our Juneteenth celebration. Bob Marley and the Whalers rocking in the background. You guys are listening to this Juneteenth celebration, this Juneteenth 12 hour blackout on 91.5 Rebel HD2 KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. Dr. J. What's good? What's good? What's good? What's goody? Uh, you know, it's the morning. It's uh, 930 uh, <laughs> on this fine, fine, fine Juneteenth. I got to figure out what I'm having for dinner tonight. I have not figured that out. I want a Juneteenth meal. I don't know what that is yet. It needs to be yearly, too. Like, we need to have something like every year. We should be like, this is what we this is what C- we're celebrating. Certain cities do, though, right? Like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know because I have folks in Texas who tell me that this is a big thing in Texas, that they be having barbecues. They have a whole junk. And I was like, I, I want that. You right. Know? Like, I want some good slow smoke brisket Texas style. So can I ask a, a black and white question? You think he's going to get it in Vegas? You said who? Are you going to get that in Vegas? Am I going to get that in Vegas? Uh, <laughs> you talking about like a, a good, there's one place to get barbecue <laughs> in Vegas. I'm not driving that far. Hey, man, it's, <laughs> I'm not. It, if, if you know, you know. If you're out here, you know. There's one place to get. Let, let, let me tell you this. <laughs> so here, here's how, how, how bad the barbecue is in Vegas. <laughs> Outside of that one place. Because oh that one place is good. Right. It's really good. But outside of that one place, the second best barbecue I've had in Vegas is from Whole Foods. I lied oh to you my not. God. That is how bad. <laughs> All right. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to get right into it because yeah, no I'm going to ignore that one. Because if y'all let Whole Foods be number two on the list, I know some people back home right now that's looking at both of us like Whole Foods no, is number what? No. And I'm not saying Whole Foods barbecue <laughs> is great. I want to be clear that that's exactly. not my claim here. Exactly. My that's, claim is that it's number two. So that's not the hill you want to die on today. That's not. I'm not. I'm not gonna ever die on that hill any day. Not I'm the not whole saying it's barbecue. great. I'm saying it's number two. <laughs> Those are two fundamentally different things. Oh my gosh! Now you guys see why this segment was not gonna start until Jay got here. Um, <laughs> Doc, man, I'm pretty good, good man. Good, good. I I was in a messed up spot. You know about it. I, yeah. I was in a messed up spot for a little bit. We talked about it on Twitter a little bit yesterday. Uh, my dad had to talk me down, but good, this good. is I'm glad the. That you're here. Yes, thank you. I mean, and, and the thing is, right, like we don't, and I mean that, right? Like I'm not saying that just to say it. I'm right. glad that you're here, right? And that's important for me to say as I'm looking you in the eyes because the people can't see this. Right. I'm glad that you're here. It's much appreciated. You're necessary, right? And it's I'm, much appreciated. I mean, that, I mean that from the core, right? So like as, as an academic, you run into students all the time. And there's there certain students that stick with you for various kinds of reasons, right? Because they're really brilliant, because they're really motivated, because they're really active, because they're great performers, because they're just charming people. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, we forget that, right. that, that education is a people thing, too. And, and you're one that stuck with me for a few reasons, so I'm glad that you stuck with us. Right. Absolutely. Dope, dope, dope. Good, good, good. Well, I appreciate it. Trust me. Uh, Dr. Canty kind of said something of the, of the same vein this morning, and I, I'm just, I'm appreciative. Oh, I'm you appreciative. Call, she called in? Yes, yes. Ah. She did the first two hours. She did the African diaspora. Well, she is also on the East Coast to be. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she get, she get a three-hour a three hour, uh, rest break, I should say, that we didn't get. But uh, she did the African diaspora and mm-hmm. uh, the transatlantic slave trade. Okay. So she kind of started off the Juneteenth celebration, and we're about to discuss trauma of the black body. I do want to let you know really quick before we, we start, I'm going to be opening up front. I've told you pretty much everything that I've needed to tell you except for one thing. Mm-hmm. I think Raquel Gates might be one of my favorite people on this planet. She's dope. And every single time I see her in your thread, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tweet her. I'm going to tweet her. 
Twitter. She I don't feel like I'm smart enough to talk to her, dog. Twitter, she's great people. I'm gonna tell her you said that. She's good people. Like I absolutely so love her. I, I met I met Raquel in grad school. Obviously, we were colleagues. Um, we're colleagues. We graduated literally the same year. Um, same school, uh, different departments. She's radio, television, and film. I'm performance studies. Um, we had a couple of the same courses. Say so she's dope, man. Like I. Like I, she just had a birthday not too long ago, mm-hmm. and her and her husband hit me up. Her partner hit me up, and he was like, "Yo, can you make a video?" I say, "Easy call, that's fam." <laughs> right. And one of the things I told her in that video is, as smart as people think I am, I have always been intimidated by. Like I'm intimidated. She's brilliant. I'm like, she's Jesus. scary. Like, intimidated, for sure. not in that male sense of I don't want a woman to be smarter than right. me. Right. Intimidated in the sense that like. <laughs> Am I am I am I equipped enough to have this conversation? So why are you why are you telling me to tweet her? Because she's still good people. Because <laughs> even when I tell her that, she's like, "Shut up, Javon. I love you. We're great. Right. We're good. Let's chop. Right. Let's talk. Let's talk." And as smart as she is, she she she's not. She has the ability. Like she just we move together. Right. Right. Like she's South Side Chicago. I'm South Central. That's my folks. Right. Like we'll talk and we'll just be like, "Yo, let me tell you about these people at this." institution <laughs> whatever that institution <laughs> whatever that may be and and what's interesting is <laughs> i'm gonna tell you what i thought when because we we had the conversation yesterday we talked about no name and j Cole, and we went back and forth and it's funny because it it was a back and forth thread but it wasn't even like an argument it no. was just like this is the way i see it this is the way i see it this is what i thought was left out vice versa and um what i thought was interesting was i know how you are and when i sent those four tweets i was like Javon's not gonna read this. I read it though. <laughs> I was and, the, and when you responded, I was like, he read it. And I was and that's kind of where I'm at with Rocky. I feel like anything I would tweet her, she would be like, no, there, there's no point. Yeah. So <laughs> we we were last. I last talked to her about. Uh, so Angela Davis mm-hmm. did a, a thing with Sunday uh, with Sunday School, um, and um, it's, uh, Sunday School is all about prison abolition and oh, uh, wow. police abolition. It's a it's a group of youth organizers. What's it called again? Been, uh, they do a thing called Sunday School. Sunday School. And they did this dope thing, and they had her on, and they were talking, and <clears throat> excuse me. And one of the questions at the end was, "What do we do with the murderous cops?" Mm. And she said, "I don't believe in prison, so not prison." Mm, and and a lot that. of folks got upset. And I was like, I don't think y'all are doing a reading. Uh, she is an abolitionist, as in abolish, as in do away with, put an end to prison. <laughs> Get as rid in, of. There are no prisons to put police officers in, even the vile ones, right? So me and her was like, I don't think the children are reading and what they're not going to do on, on this day. Uh, on, on this black day, whatever day this black day is, they ain't going to talk about Sister Angela, not Sister Dr. Angela, who has been talking about abolition long before so many of us were even born, right. let alone understood the word. And and I think that's, how can I put it? That's what it seems like everybody wants to rush to do. Everybody wants to rush to react and everybody wants to rush to to point a finger at certain things. Like even when they brought up the cold thing, I was saying I felt like the main point, overarching point that I took away from it was if if the shoe fits, wear it. And everybody knows that's my favorite current rapper now. So I looked at him like, I don't think she was talking to you. So the fact that you went ahead and made a song, you let me know that you thought she was talking to you. A hit dog gonna holler. Exactly. So that's the way I kind of looked at it. So I, I viewed it from that perspective, but also knowing what Cole has done, 
in the past and of course no no artist is perfect in, in any in any realm but it it made me look at that situation and view it from through a different lens because i'm like if you look at him he does do a lot of things and he doesn't talk about it for instance when ferguson happened i remember he was out there and somebody pulled out a camera and he was he was listening to somebody talk and you could tell he was older than cole i remember that and he was just yeah and cole kind of was like just you know put that away it's not that time it's not about that right now no, so I'm, it, in, i just in, took in it a many ways different. in many ways i'm similar right like so right. i do a lot of stuff i don't tweet about half the things i right. do i don't tweet about this money that i donate when i'm organizing with people i just I've always had the idea that the work is the work and that mm. I'm not here to shine off the work. I'm here, like, you know, my grandmother who doesn't even have a high school diploma, mm. who in two generations have a grandson who graduated with a PhD from Northwestern, an institution that likely would never have allowed her in. I say that to say my grandmother, four foot nine Oklahoma, and I know we're going to talk Tulsa. Yes, sir. Oklahoma, they called her Bootsy. Mm. My grandmother, who was four foot, little woman, but mighty, you know, she 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 helped started, uh, along with my aunt and another woman in South Central, an organization called Concerned Citizens of South Central Los Angeles, right? And what they originally were trying to fight uh, a toxic waste dump in South Central. And they built a built an org out of that. And I say that to say my grandmother fought for a world for me that she never knew would have existed. Right. She planted trees for me to harvest fruit from that she knew she would never taste. How amazing mm. is that? And, and just, to, just to be correct really quick. It is my obligation right. to fight for a better world for future people. Yeah, I just want to make sure I got that right. Just ask me if I got that right. It was, um, repeat the organization one more time. Concerned Citizens of South Central Los Angeles. Okay, of LA. Okay, go ahead. Yep. I just want to make, I typed it in. I just want to make sure no, I get my no notes. No doubt. Like, like, that's my grams, right? Like, they did that and didn't have, you know, the resources that I have. And so, like, my grandmama didn't, you know, she didn't say put my name on a ton of buildings. They put her name on a community center as of late, right? But they didn't, they didn't, she didn't put her stuff on. My grandma was like, the work is the work. Right. I'm born out of that tradition. You do the work because the work is the work. And this isn't to, sh you know, poo on anybody who is, on some level it is, right? I do find <laughs> some of it icky. Like when people, like look, when people are out there trying to get famous from the work, I find that weird. Really I, weird. You know, like, yeah, I also have an issue with fame as a whole in general, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what that is. But the but the cold thing, because I do think it's worth talking. I know we're going to talk about a number of things and I, you know, we, we can go over because I came late, whatever, however we see fit. But like- Letting the conversation flow. The cold thing, man. Jake, so here's my thing. She said, y'all ain't doing stuff. Right. He responded by saying, you hurt my feelings. You could have said that nicer. So here's the kicker. You and I and, and, and straight black men, we love to act like we don't understand how power relations work until, right. it, until we're on the uh, uh, wrong end of power. Right. And so, I mean, if, 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 if we told white people, all y'all well-meaning white folks that have been invited to the cookout, where y'all at? Right. And they responded with, well, how you talking to me hurts my feelings. You'd be like, shut up and just do the work. 
I agree. So why agree. can't we say the same thing to Cole? Shut up and just do the work, the right? And so I say that because the power relations are different, right? In right. terms of how power works, it's not people have absolute power and no power whatsoever. Right. They're power dynamics. They shift around who comes in the room and who leaves the room and what 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 their what their politics are, what their identities are, et cetera, so forth and so on. And I and I say that to say in relationship to black women, I mean, the we talked about this in class. Mm -hmm. The the, the uh, a, a chunk of how we remember and how we engage black movements are through the lens of straight black men Absolutely. so black women are tired of saying I i'm tired of teaching you and you acting the smartest and the dopest and quote unquote leader of a movement that i led you to i'm tired of having to do the work there are it's the same logics that we push back against white people for i'm tired of having to teach you about racism exactly. either you're gonna get it or you're not and so black women have, at least the ones that I've talked to, the ones that I've read, have said, I am tired. Black queer folk, black trans folk, I'm tired of having to teach you all this. Absolutely. And so it is not No Name's job to present it to J. Cole in the softest way possible. It is not No Name's job to teach him. Right. It's my job to teach people. Hence why I don't come to class and say I'm tired of teaching you this. Right. Somebody is paying me for that labor. It's really simple. Right. He basically said, but my feelings when he could have said, I'm going to go do the work then. And that's that's kind of where I um where I agree with you. Um, if you guys are just tuning in right now, you guys are listening to our Juneteenth celebration on 91.5 Rebel HD2, KUMB Las pew, Vegas. Pew. I added the, that. Yeah, <laughs> you, the air horn in the back. The broadcast service of UNLV. I am your host, Terrell Emerson, in studio with Dr. Javon Johnson. Twice is in the background, still working on social media, up, working up, on photography, videography. So he two times is in the background right now. Um, that's actually kind of the point that I, that I agreed with was... Um, or I disagree with in terms of Cole was when he said uh, the tone, even though, how can I put it? I agreed with what he said. Again, I think I'm going to go back to the messenger because I felt like just it wasn't applicable to Cole. But knowing how Cole is, he will address it. He'll be the one to be like. Did you hear her response? Oh, yeah, for sure. Song 33. Most definitely. And and she lit him in one minute in, in, a, in less than a minute. <laughs> So it was one of those things where I liked both of them, and I was like, "Go ahead and rock out to I it." I also don't like the Cole song. I just didn't think it was very good. But really? But you know. But me. you don't like Cole, so yeah, you know. But I do like some Cole stuff. Right. I, I do. I just I. So the other thing I'm gonna say, and mm -hmm. I know you could tell me to shift whenever you want. We're gonna uh, we're gonna split Black Wall Street okay. and, um, and uh, Trauma to Black Body so in the next hour. So I I do like some Cole stuff, right? right? Where I get frustrated is Cole traffics in conscious smart rapper. And lately admitted, I don't even read, but I be in my thoughts. And I said, what, fam? What are you doing? Yeah, certain things you can And can't, I'm not yeah. saying reading is the only way to be intelligent because that's unfair and untrue. Mm -hmm. I am saying J. Cole has the resources. I am saying J. Cole could do better. I am saying J. Cole can be uh, can do more. Now, maybe he might hear this and <laughs> write a song about me. <laughs> Hey, if Cole hear this, that would that'd be, be that'd be wild. I doubt it, but that would be <laughs> hilarious. Don't kill my dreams. Yeah, um, Jermaine. But to be honest with you, and I mean, and and it goes back to what I said before. I, I felt like with the song itself, um, for anybody who doesn't know what we're discussing, essentially, no name Gypsy, um, young art, brilliant artist out of Chicago. Um, again, as we've said before, I, I, you you already kind of know a little bit about what the schedule is going to be like. And at 5.30, we're going to have the black women's, what I would deem it as a panel. Um, and I told the GM, I know I'm supposed to be on this board every every moment of this show, but that's the one time where I'm going to step away from it. Because nice. I feel like I'm nice. not I'm not 
I'm not in the position to lead a conversation on black women. So right. I, I'll provide talk points. I'll ask questions, but I'm not, I don't, I don't want to lead that, that conversation. So, um, it, it seems like that's what no name essentially was doing. No name was saying, this is what I'm tired of. And it, it could have been a venting tweet or whatever the case may be. It could have, uh, could have went kind of when it could have been hit or miss, I'll say. And, um, she never named anybody specifically. Mm-hmm. And Cole responded with snow on the bluff, which, um, I didn't know that there was a movie Snow on the Bluff in 2012. I didn't know that. So that was just kind of interesting. If you don't know about that, um, hopefully you can you can do a little research and check that out. But um, just in terms of like the overall point, I feel like they're both arguing the same thing. I feel like they're arguing in different ways. But again, going back to your original point, that's where I did disagree with Cole. When he mentioned the tone, I was like, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. But she don't have to watch it with people that look like us because we live it. So that was the only time also, where I disagree with what he said. But also, men can't tell women to watch their tone. So, but that's also a thing, yeah. though. And, and it, it, you got to think power relations exactly. here and power dynamics. And it's always important, right? Because you don't want no white man telling you to watch your tone when you're frustrated. True. So if that's the ch- same case there, what's good for the goose got to be good for the gander here. Or, as the young folks say, same energy. Right, so let's keep True. that same energy because I can guarantee you when I get amped up about something, if a white person was like, "Could you watch your tone?" My first response: Can I curse on here? Uh, no. My first response is: I would have definitely the, did it. <laughs> you talk? Who the, you talking right, to? Right. That's right. my response. And it's and it's almost like it's innate. Like it's just it, it comes out sometimes. But let me, I'll, I'll pose it a different way because you're absolutely right. And Telling somebody to watch the tone was it, I, yeah. it was a tweet. You, you can't read tell tone in a tweet. He, it was incredibly insecure. If I'm just his response was like, "Yikes, that's fragile and insecure." I wanted to hug him, to be honest. Like, come here, man. I love you, black man. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I, th- I think both. I think because one one thing that was interesting was when she said, um, she said, uh, "The world is up in smoke," and he's really about to like take the time to go write a song about me. At the same time, too, I thought that was kind of the same thing that you said. If it, if it's if it's like the pot calling the kettle black, kind of the goose and the gander um, uh, analogy that you made that's kind of the way I felt with it. I felt like by her, and again, I didn't know about the tweets when they originally went out. So when I found out about everything, I was like, um, Billy Porter, actually, they talked about on a Joe Budden podcast recently where he came out and shot to Dr. Cancy, who during her time spoke about the LGBTQ plus uh, community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and spoke about uh, the things that they're, uh, that they're um, uh, dealing with and how we should still celebrate them on Juneteenth, things of that nature, whatever, whatever. And I absolutely agree with that. And it goes across the board. So I think the point that I wanted to make when she said that, that I thought it was a pot calling the kettle black, in all of her tweets, yes, you're absolutely right. You're pointing attention, you're bringing attention to all these different things. But I thought that you also gave other people, the other races, if you want to, let's say white people, just to go ahead and point at somebody that would look at the situation of her tweets and start to address everything else besides the murderous cops. She mentioned the murderous cops, but she also also mentioned the the, ath- the rappers that she felt like wasn't doing enough and things of that nature. Well, so one so could here's argue. Here's a kicker, though. Yeah. Here's a kicker with that. We gotta stop worried about what white folks gonna do when they return and and and, and read our messages. And look, racist white folk gonna be racist white folk, right? True. So like. I mean, I'm going to tell you a quick story. My, my, mm-hmm. my, my cousin, she's a, she was a sophomore in college. She called me. She's taking a course on African-American studies. And they're talking about affirmative action. Mm. And she said to me, she was like, she wanted to talk it through. So we're talking it through. We're talking about stuff. Da, da, da. And I go, but what do you feel? And she goes, I just feel like 
if we if we accept affirmative action, white people are going to look at us like we took jobs that we weren't prepared for. Mm. So my response was, well, why are you concerned with how white people look at you? Right. She was like, what do you mean? I go, I'm Dr. Johnson and I'm still an. I have been called an. I was called an N word not recent, but, but but not too long ago, right? Doctor Johnson, or as as Kanye West quipped, who bit off of uh, 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 Jesse Jackson, who himself bit off of uh, 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 Malcolm X. Even if you're in a Benz, you still in, in a coupe. Absolutely. I'm just go with a PhD, so I don't care how white folk look at me. I don't invest my energy in that. I invest my energy in us. How we going to get us yeah. free? Two stories that I'm going to actually tell that kind of piggyback off of what you just said. I'm going I'm to say the, the, the juicy one for the second one. <laughs> but <laughs> the first one, I love when we're on campus and I'm like, Doc. And you turn around and everybody kind of looks and is like, who is he calling? He calling him? Yes, I'm calling him. The black one. <laughs> <laughs> That one right there. The one that be coming in With the same shoes on that you have on. Yeah. <laughs> With the same. Yeah. He looked like he was at the party. Like, I know. I know. But that was like the first story that I kind of wanted to just kind of kind of relay. And then the second one is I was in a class where somebody literally. And it was. I'm not going to lie. We, we talk all the time about like, why do we care about as black people? Why do we care about uh, the, the way we look? to white folks in, in certain um in certain um environments and it was the most uncomfortable i had ever been because i and it was one of those things where i was like i'm not gonna get this like he's gonna flame you but it ain't me and i was like all right and when you said something along i forgot what we were even talking about you said something along the lines of well scholars say and somebody was like well i just don't agree and you were like well you're disagreeing you're disagreeing with scholars so that's that's fine you cannot agree and the person was like, well, who said that? And you was like, well, I mean, I did. And she was like, well, and you, you backed it up with whoever else said it. And you, I think we, we might have been actually watching Slam Poetry. And you brought up a couple of different pieces. And essentially, to make a, a long story a little less long, she said in a nutshell that you weren't a scholar. And you did exactly what you did just now. And again, I, I've said that um, this, this Juneteenth celebration here on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas is a is going to be a platform where we're going to take away little snapshots. Mm -hmm. So I've used silence is compliance. Mm -hmm. um, I've used this land is stolen from natives, built by slaves, and kept beautiful by immigrants. Um, and then this third one, it's a, it's a Roosevelt quote, of course, but it speaks softly and carry a big stick. And certain motions, when people move, maneuver in their life, I take away that quote. And that quote was about as loud as it could be in that moment because the laugh told me everything. And that's when I got super uncomfortable and was like, he's going to flame you and cite his sources. Can you go back to that situation and explain when, like you said, you have everything that backs it up? You don't have, do you have to wear it across your chest? Like, how, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? Was that was that the black sexuality scores? That was that was last time. Yeah, it was the one that we just uh, canceled. I mean, just had to end. Hilarious. <laughs> so that course, and I love teaching that course, and I'm sad that it ended the way it ended because it's it's a really, it's a really interesting course, right? right. So it's a black sexualities course. We start off by talking about like all the ways in which sexuality constantly shifts over across time and across space 
that that what we constitute has always been was never always that. Things shift, right? Humans change, right? What constitutes normal sexuality in one place may not be true in another place, may not be true in another time, right? And we sort of leap from that. And it's not a historical class. What it is is a topical class that tries to get at various topics in order to discuss the very complex notion of, of black sexuality. Right. We read things like Jeffrey McCune's book on the download. Right. Marlon Bailey's book on ballroom culture. Um, we read uh, Kathy Cohen's book, which I love, The End of Blackness. Um, and, and Funk a the book Erotic on was Funk in there. Funk the Erotic. I love Funk the Erotic. Starling's work. There. Brown Sugar, which is on black porn, uh, 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 women in, uh, black women in porn. Um, and so, and and yeah, we read a few things. Patricia Collins, uh, Black Sexual Politics, because I feel like you got to start with Collins. Right. Um, you got to have some Collins in there. But the <laughs> point is, like... Um, I forgot how we got to that topic, but it was a white woman who I thought had some, um, if I'm being judicious here, interesting politics. Um, For sure. And um, I don't know. I can't remember how we got on to the topic, but I said something. She disagreed. I, again, like you said, I told her that was fine. And, you know, as, as, a, as an academic or as a professor, what I try to do is I try to tell students I don't care things like how woke you are that's irrelevant to me right i you know i don't care uh like your opinions are your opinions but back them in something my thing is i want you to be intellectually curious right i want you to be open to ideas even the ones that shake you to your core because what are we here for if not to learn something new something different to be challenged to challenge back right. also as an academic i tell students it's okay to disagree with me challenge Push back, but do so grounded in something, right. not just I feel. Because I, I you feel. You do challenge that every time somebody says I feel. You're like, you feel what? What is a feeling? What, and what it's is like, a feeling? Um, because I honestly feel like I should find $4 million <laughs> in a duffel bag. Every, like every week, I think I should. I like, I imagine myself once a week finding $5 million in a duffel bag on the side of the road. It never happens, but I feel it should. I feel it should. I, if somebody's listening to have five million, they want to put it on a duffel bag. Uh, I live in Summerlin. Just tell me the area you left it in, um, and I'll pick it up. But the point is, <laughs> twice two. It's time two. Time. Oh, time. time. The, the bunch about two. So put put ten in. Put fifteen, 15 in for Terrell sure. for uh, sure. two twice. time twice, yeah. um, and we'll be good. Just let us know where it's at. The yep. point that I'm making is my feelings are irrelevant to them. Right. Um. Can we ground that feeling in something? Right. Stats, data, uh, anecdotal evidence that speaks to something larger, right. some kind of theory, something, right? Then yeah. other than just I feel because I'll go, why? why? And people go, I don't know. So wait, you feel strongly about something that you have no idea why. I'm confused about that. You think we but, could discuss Moonlight in maybe two minutes? Because it's about watched, feeling. I haven't watched Moonlight, but we could, I mean, in a while. I mean, I, I've watched it, right. but not in a while, but we could talk about it. So the point that I'm ultimately making, I remember saying, okay. And I, I said, all right. And she was like, I feel that way. And I'm like, all right. And then she asked me why. Yeah. And I, what I tried to explain to her is that my, we all have opinions. Right. Medical doctors also have opinions. 
It's literally called a medical uh, <laughs> opinion. That's what we go and get a medical opinion. Right. But we accept medical doctors' opinions for the most part, even yeah. though medical malpractice is real. Even though every year medicine says last year we got that part wrong, they change constantly because humans are imperfect. The point that I'm making here is for some reason, as it pertains to race, mm -hmm. gender, uh, identity issues, we don't expect accept the expert's opinion as expert's opinion people go mm. well you know black stuff i watched the black movie you're wrong <laughs> and i go all right that's fair let's talk about it and all i'm right. open to that conversation like i don't dismiss things wholesale summarily i'm going okay tell me more mm -hmm. but if you don't give me anything more than just that's how i feel then it's like i don't know what to do with that i feel opposite and then you go but i feel this way I feel A, I feel B, right. I feel A. Well, I feel B. That's literally where the conversation ends. And so I know I read her um, and let her know who I be. Um, <laughs> in, in a nice way, though. And in a very nice way. It was all above board. It's nothing, um, you know, I can get in trouble for. But I do feel, and one of the reasons I get frustrated about right. it is, I do uniquely feel minoritized professors, mm. especially black, mm. especially women, especially mm. queer and trans, mm are challenged in ways that we simply do not challenge our white professors. You want to say that one more time? They, we are ch black professors, especially women, especially queer, especially trans, are challenged in a way our white professors are simply not. I have a doctorate degree. That isn't the only marker of educate, uh, right. of intelligence. In fact, I know people with doctorate degrees who aren't that very, who aren't very smart. That's not the point. But the point is, I have degrees. I, I, I publish. I read. I'm up to date on my reading and my discourse right. because I talk to other experts in the field who tell me I got this right, who tell me I got that wrong, and we challenge and we think. We literally think for a living. That is what I'm paid to do is to think about things, to read, to write, to teach, right, to profess. I traffic in thought. Mm. And so, and not thought isolated, not thought unquestioned, but question thought, thought in group in relationship to fields that I traffic in, that I belong in, that, I, that, that, that challenge me, that I push back on. And I, I try to give that to the students, right? Just like every last one of your professors, right? just like medical doctors, like just like else. any expert in any field that, that we exist in, right, that, that, that we have. But there's a way in which we love to challenge a good black prof, especially women, especially queer, especially trans. I've seen it. Uh, student evaluations prove it. And, and it's interesting that you say that because this is going to be a point as we go into this break. I always.